So for a number of weeks, we've been talking about this whole hurried life thing and this how to unhurry life. Um, and and one of the one I guess one of the foundational verses that we've kind of launched off of was that Matthew eleven uh, twenty eight through thirty. Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And and so we we have pulled out from the text so far that there is one thing for certain that when you and me come to Jesus Christ, that He will give us rest. Amen. I mean that's like a like that's like that that's one of the easiest most fa- most foundational principles that we can get from that that when we come to Christ there is rest to be found and praise the Lord that there is rest to be found but you know it's funny we we do this weird thing to where we feel like that one time coming to Christ is the only thing that that is going to sustain us from here on out like, like we, we come to Christ at one time, and then here we are. All right, we nothing else. Like, what the, the, the fact of the matter is, it's an over and over. And I'm not, I'm not talking about being saved over and over again. We know we get saved one time, sealed with the Spirit one time. But that, that constant going back to Jesus Christ for rest. A lot of people's identity is not in Jesus Christ to start with, and, and therefore they don't find their rest in Christ at the end of the day. And, and that's, that's a real big deal. Last week we looked at a couple of things. Uh, we looked at a couple of things that we, we seen, um, we've seen in terms of the, uh, the, the idea that Jesus would resort to a desert place over and over again. There's like nine times in the Bible that we find Jesus just taking off, going to a solitary place, going to a wilderness, going to a desert place. And, and, it, and it's crazy, I said, I said this last week, and I think it bears repeating again this week. It seems strange uh, because here, here we are when we think of fasting in a desert, we think of it as a place of weakness. But to Jesus Christ, fasting in a desert place was a place of strength. Like that's where Christ drew his strength from. And and, I, and I've heard it, you know, all the time we do this January 10th to January 31st fast, this 21-day fast deal. And, and I get it all the time. I, man, I, I'm just, that, I, I would be too weak if I did that. I would be this. I would be that. Well, let's take the principle from Christ in this whole 40-day idea of fasting. I'm not asking you to fast 40 days, but maybe there is something to Christ's strength in a 40-day fast in a place, in a desert place, in a place of of wilderness, not as a not as a sign of weakness, but as a sign of of the of great strength that Christ drew, and so I just I kind of want you. To, last week we dealt with that. I think you've seen most of what we dealt with um, in the passage we dealt with in in that. Um, let's see, nine times in the book of Luke, he resorted to a, to his quiet place. And, and 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 what's what's so interesting? That's where we're going. We're going to pick up. We're going to pick back up in Luke chapter number five, and we're going to finish. We're going to finish that thing out tonight. Now, here here's 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 another deal. Um, we're we're going to deal. We're going to deal with the Sabbath. We're going to deal with the Sabbath next week, and and it's going to be huge because there's a whole lot of things that we need to understand about a Sabbath. You say, why are we why are we talking about all this? In such great detail, in such almost like uh, with such urgency. Here's why we're doing it: because our world, our life, the course of this world that the devil has created, the course of this world that the devil has created, has caused us so much anxious, anxious worry. It's caused us so much, uh, so 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 very little time set apart with the Lord. So many things we do, they, they, they aren't consecrated to the Lord because we don't have time to consecrate them. We don't have time, most of us in the room, if we got serious. And how do, how do I know this? Because there's, there's studies done uh, amongst this other Baptist convention all the time. And, and you, can, you can go and look at these studies and the, the studies they show about pastors are just mind-boggling. Most pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention that are taking this, uh, that are taking these polls, would say that they pray less than an hour a week. Most pastors, 
Most pastors pray less than an hour a week. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, if the pastors ain't praying, there's a real good chance that the flock ain't praying. There's a real good chance that if the pastors aren't setting aside time for the Lord, that are not taking their time unto the Lord, there's a really good chance that we're not doing it, that most of us in the room aren't doing it either. And and I want to make sure that we understand God did not, God, hurry doesn't impress the Lord. Being overworked doesn't impress the Lord. Now, I know that, that, that was a thing. Back in the day, the old hardcore IFB fundamentalist group, man, they work you to the bone, and they thought it was the most spiritual thing that they'd, ever, that they'd ever seen. And you know what happened? They experienced burnout. They experienced overload. They experienced marital problems. They experienced their kids hating church. They experienced their kids not wanting to read the Bible because they'd never seen their mom and daddy read the Bible. They'd never seen their mom and daddy pray. They ne- Look, they was consumed with work instead of worship. And we do got we do got to work. Amen? We've got to work. We've got to be proactive in working. We've got to be proactive in witnessing. But we've got to make sure that we first, you will never be the Christian God's called you to be unless first you have set a time so you have set aside some time to rest in the Lord and gain your strength from that rest. And so uh, we've spent a whole lot of time. I think this is like lesson five, uh, five or so. Uh, and then there, there's at least two more. And so, um, but go, go, go. We're going to be in that Luke chapter number five. And um, we're going to look, look at verse 15 and verse number 16. And we looked at this verse last week. We'll kind of, we'll kind of, uh, we'll kind of springboard off of it this week, though. But so much the more went out. So much the more went out. Um, so much the more went there. A fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of him uh, by him of their infirmities. And and here here it is. And and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because it seems like to us that as long as Jesus, the fame of Jesus Christ is going out and there are great multitudes coming together to hear him and to be healed by him, well, the thing that Jesus should do is not be selfish and he shouldn't withdraw himself to pray. He should stay there and do all the things that they want him to do. But understand, this is who Jesus is and this is the pattern what of what Christ-likeness looks like at the time. It is withdrawing himself to get away and to pray. Think about that with me just a minute. I mean, let's just take some... I'm a real simple dude, and I like real simple principles. And the real simple principle here, here is that sometimes the go and the blow are distractions to keep you from getting along with the Lord to pray. And, and I know, I know, you said, well, this is ministry. He could have been way more popular. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Jesus is not worried about popularity. He, he actually said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Jesus is not where he, you remember, he was the dude that looked at the 12 disciples and said, well, you also go away. He's not worried about keeping the crowd, if you would. He's not worried about keeping the 12. If they wanted to pack their junk and go too, he's like, all right, you going too? So I I think we need to make sure that we get the right understanding that Jesus would prioritize silence and solitude as a matter of spirituality. Like like practicing silence and solitude is a, is a a major matter of being spiritual. You say, well, I, I, I don't have time to practice silence. I don't have time to practice solitude. Well, here, here, here's what I would say to that. Uh, there is absolutely no way to unhurry your life. We've talked about this hurried life, living the hurried life, living the fast-paced life, living this thing at the speed that the world wants you to live it in. It's going to get us eventually. It's going to get us. Now, now the, all of this sounds real simple. All of the silence sounds simple. All of the solitude sounds simple. But make sure you understand that none of it is simple because it's what God wants you to do. You know, it's easier to be in a hurry 
than it is to find a place of solitude. Does everybody understand that? You realize that? It's easier to be in a hurry. Why? Well, because you, you, can, be, you can be doing some of the most mind-numbing activity you've ever wanted to do right here. It don't matter. It, you, it, we, we've, we've let podcasts substitute silence and solitude. We, we've, we've let books, we've let audio books, and look, I like audio books, I like books, I like, I like podcasts, but we've let all the informational tools that we have available to us in this day, we put them in a place of actually getting alone with the Lord in silence and solitude and, and letting God speak to us. There's, there's a couple of things that I want you to understand about silence. In solitude, there's actually two dimensions of silence. One would be external, and this is pretty much self-explanatory. It's just it's the lack of noise. It's just the lack of noise. It's just, there's just no noise. Um, now, I actually am the dude that enjoys no noise. There's a lot of people in this world that don't enjoy the fact that it is silent. I I actually love uh, love it when there ain't no noise. Uh, I want to, especially early in the morning, I want to hide all the remotes and make sure that nobody can figure out how to get the TVs on. Uh, because I think the worst thing that you could do is get up and the first thing you do when your feet hits the ground is go and, and turn the news on. <laughs> That's like you're setting yourself up for failure right there off the rip. Uh, and, and then there's, there's, uh, there's a second kind, a second dimension of silence, if you would, and that's internal. Now, this is what we would call uh, the mental side, the mental talk that seems to never quiet itself. It's always like a, 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 a and maybe your brain works like mine, it, it runs all the time, uh, but it, it's just a slow and steady grind. And it has this, it's like, it's like my mind has got a commentary on everything. It's almost like I, I got this inner form of, of, of talking or dialogue that takes place that never stops. It's, you know, it's funny. I used to never get up in the middle of the night and just start thinking about things. Like the older I get, the worse it gets. I just get up and start thinking about things. And, 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 and while I'm thinking about things, you know, you, you got to go get a few scoops of, of, of chocolate ice cream. I mean, it's just, it's just the thing you got to do at 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. If you're going to be thinking, you might as well be eating, right? That, that's, that's, that's a joke. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't be mean. Don't do that. I'm actually working on that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and then, and then uh, the, the, you know, I, I, I have to figure out a way to turn, to turn that off. I have to figure out a way. But let me ask you a question. If you never intentionally enter into silence, do you think that it's ever? Do you think you're ever going to gain the ability to turn it off? There's silence, in, and then I would then there's solitude. And what is solitude? Well, solitude is intentionally being alone. You say, who in the world would intentionally decide to be alone? Now, now make sure you understand. I'm not talking about isolation when I say solitude. I'm not talking about isolating yourself from the world. I think that is, uh, I think that is a, a road to a train wreck. I think that isolation is a road uh, to a disaster in, in the end. Why? Well, because uh, it's not good that man would be alone, right? It's just not, it's not good that, that it, you, you were never intended to isolate yourself. So isolation do, doesn't mean solitude, and solitude doesn't mean isolation. Well, what, what's meant? Uh, one, one, one guy, Richard Foster, said it like this. Lonely, loneliness is an inner emptiness. Solitude is an inner fulfillment. Solitude is an inner fulfillment. Loneliness is an inner emptiness. But an intentional solitude, an intentional getting, getting along with the Lord, well, that, that, that's an inner fulfillment. You see, I, I know the crowd uh, for the most part that I'm talking to, and I know how, especially uh, the, the younger of us, I know how busy we are. There's a lot of kids in the room, and it, it, it takes a lot of busy to raise kids. It takes a lot of go. It takes a lot of, of, of 
just telling everybody in the house to be quiet. Like there's got to be a time to where we all look around at our kids and say, hey, look, it, we're, we're going to turn the TV off. You, go, you can go to your room, you can grab your Bible, or you can go to your room, you can do, you can do something different. I encourage everybody to go to their room and grab their Bible. Sometimes they all do that, sometimes they don't. Well, what are you saying? Well, there's sometimes you just need to say, we got to stop. we got to get quiet. we got to get still before the Lord. I found that, that solitude, in solitude, I'm anything but alone. Anything but alone. That actually, in, in my intentional solitude, that's where I feel the most connected to the Lord. Man, I, 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 I had this, and, and those of you who pray for me, man, praise the Lord, I have not had one headache this week. Not one. And that's a big deal because the last one I had on Sunday, I mean Saturday, I thought I didn't have one on Sunday. I didn't have one on Monday, Tuesday, or today. And I, but I thought Saturday, if I have many more like this, I mean, it, this, this is going to be a terrible deal. I got along with the Lord Saturday evening, and, and God done a lot of stuff in my heart. And because, and you know, ob obviously uh, that whole headache thing, it kept me so jacked up. I couldn't get with the Lord. I couldn't get where I needed to be with the Lord. But why do you think, why do you think that Jesus Christ would put it out there? And remember, we believe, how many of us are still in agreement that we believe every word of God has been preserved for us because it's important? We believe that words in the Bible are important, right? We, 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 we're not just a phrase people. We believe that every word of God matters, right? All right, so if every word of God matters, then there's got to be something to this idea of Jesus getting alone and getting away from distractions of everyday life, including, including what he came to do. He came to heal. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. Came to set the captive free. And then all of a sudden, he's like, all right, I'm going to the wilderness to pray. And I'm leaving all these people. I'm leaving all these people to do their thing. And I'm going to get along with the Lord. So I, I, I think there's something uh, that, that we need to take uh, in serious consideration when we're examining this idea of is silence, is silence and solitude with the Lord, is that what I need to be doing? I think there's some consequences that we need to recognize uh, by not practicing this idea of silence and solitude. Um, number one, I, I, I think we need to understand that there's, there's this idea we will feel distant from God. And, and are you ready for this? And I've seen this with my own eyes. And we attempt to live off the spirituality of others. When we don't have, we, when we get distant, and you know what I'm talking about because you've been there before. Every person in this room has felt distant from the Lord at one point in time. Everybody in this room, if you hadn't, you ain't lived long enough saved. You, you, you have not lived long enough riding down the road one day in your car and been like, man, I, I'm, I, I'm, not where I'm, I'm, I'm not where I should be. You sit and open your Bible. I'm not where I should. So what happens? Here's what happens. We don't have enough time to get in the silence and the solitude of the Lord. So what do we do? And I'm here. We go to online church services. Well, let me see if I can find somebody to preach to me. Or we find. in uh, here again. Again, I, I got a lot of books. I, I usually order. I, I usually get too many books. But I'm not against books if they're taking the place of the Lord, unless they're taking the place of the Lord. But here's what we'll do. We'll get in books. We'll get in. Uh, get in these online church services. We'll get in, uh, get into these podcasts. Instead of drawing close to the Lord by ourselves. Why? Because it takes a certain effort to do that. It takes a certain person to say, you know what? It, it, it's harder to get to draw close to the Lord. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to substitute all this other stuff instead of doing what Christ modeled for us to do. Why is this such a big deal? Because I've seen, I've seen too many people come apart lately. 
You've seen too many people get distracted with money and jobs and careers. And look, ain't nothing wrong with money, jobs, and careers if they're used for the Lord. Everybody has a good chance for all y'all say amen right now. There ain't nothing wrong with money, jobs, and careers if they're used for the Lord. Too many people are consuming their jobs and their monies and their, and their money and careers upon their own lust, and they ain't got nothing to do with the Lord. We feel distant. We feel distant from others because we, uh, fr- from ourselves because we lose sight of our identity in Christ and our calling to His service. When, when, when you get distant from the Lord and you distance yourself from the Lord, it, it, we feel that and then we lose sight of our real identity in the Lord and our calling in service to the Lord. And, we, and here's what happens. We get pulled to the urgent instead of what's important. You know, there's a difference in urgent and important, right? Urgent is right in your face. Important is what you know that you, hey, you can't live without that. Right, we we uh, that's why they, you know, that's why they call it urgent care. Well, I need care in an urgent way. Well, here here it is. We get pulled into the urgency of life if we don't make sure that the important is first and foremost. I wrote this one down. We start to feel a a, a constant undercurrent of anxiety, a constant undercurrent of nervous energy. As if like we're always behind and we're, we're never going to be able to catch up. We're always behind. We're, we're never going to catch up. We're, 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 we're always behind the eight ball. We're never going to get done what we need to get done. And here's what happens. You get this, this in the pit of your stomach, this anxiety, this nervous energy that you can't seem to figure out how to let go of. And you know why? Because the very first thing God wants us to do in that moment is get along with the Lord. And it's the very last thing we do. Well, I'm, I'm just not, you know what, you know what, you know what we say? Well, I gotta work harder. Well, I gotta do more. I'm really envious of them people that I got a couple of friends and, and they run businesses and they don't get stressed out. They don't even care. I'll get it when I get it. And they're actually really successful, but I, I'm I'm kind of I'm envious of that. Like I I I've, I I'm like man, I wish I didn't care as much as you don't care. He's like, well, I I've just figured this out. Me caring ain't gonna get it done anymore. Ain't gonna get it done any faster. I only got I've only got ten or twelve hours in a day. I'm gonna do what I can do in ten or twelve hours, and guess what? I'm gonna get up the next day. I'm gonna do what I can do in another ten or twelve hours, and I'm gonna go home. But we get exhausted. We get we uh, we we let the the internal turmoil take place, and so we get this internal exhaustion that hits us, and then pretty soon we wake up extremely tired, extremely unenthusiastic about everything that is the day before the day even gets started. And wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? If we actually look forward to getting up in the morning. Like if you woke up in the morning and you thought, man, let's go do this thing today. You know, I found a lot of people that end up in this situation. Uh, I think this is the primary reason for the sin that we have in, in, in a lot of ways in our churches. How many of you know what escapism is? It, it's a, it's, it's the idea that you can escape all of your problems with some form of indulgence. Um, an idea of escapism would be drinking. Go home and get plastered, and you don't think about all your problems. Another idea would be pornography. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna indulge. I'm gonna engage myself and 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 bury myself in pornography. 
Mine just escaped the world. Gluttony, overeating, getting up 3 a.m., killing the Mayfield chocolate ice cream because your mind won't turn off. That's a problem. You know what most people don't think is a problem, though? Don't even recognize it. Binge watching Netflix. Just just hammering Netflix out. Just man, just wasting your life away watching a TV screen because it's just a man, I don't, I don't gotta do anything then. I'll just be entertained and, and I don't gotta do anything then. And I, you know, man, that's what I need. I need I need to I need to get somewhere and I need to binge out on Netflix. There's another one that no nobody even likes to talk about, and that's disappearing off into the world of social media. Just getting in it and, and burying my head in that in, in social media and, and just living it up and doing my thing. And you know what? How many how many of you understand that you can start out on social media and four hours later don't know how you get how you got to where you got? I mean, it started with a. I, I'm just gonna see what's going on on Facebook, and this one scroll, one one swipe up of the phone, and four hours later, you're like, "Where in the world did that go?" And you've been through, you've been through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and whatever else there is out there. What 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 if what if what if we took uh, into account the fact that the reason we don't have time for the Lord is because we don't have time for the Lord. What what if we what if we took our phone? What if we took our phone and look we we preach this this junk to our kids all the time. What if you took your phone and seen how many hours of screen time you had on certain apps? Well, I do that in my free time. I do that in this. We got a lot of free time. We got a lot of free time. Well, well, you say, I, you know, I, can't, I just can't get, I can't get away from, I can't get away from all this. I can't get. Well, here, here's what happens, and I, I, I'm, I'm not telling you this because I, I don't know. I'm telling you this because I've experienced it. I believe it or not, um, pastor is a really depressing thing at times. I know it's like everybody thinks, oh man, I'd love to be a pastor. Well, that's why people quit doing it left and right. <laughs> that's why the, the numbers are, are statistically they're going down. Uh, you know, years ago they were flying up. Now they're all like, Ooh, and they're going to blow up here one of these days, right? It, it's it, it, it at times it's a really depressing thing, and you you have to fight that kind of depression. You have to fight the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is involved in that kind of depression. Satan is involved in that kind of depression. And, and here's what happens. I fall to temptation when I give in to the things of escapism, and I what happens is I escape God. Without even knowing it, I escape the Lord. I mean, you understand, when you're trying to escape the Lord, you get real distant from Him. The emotional problems set in. Emo- emotional problems set in. People become reactionary. People become defensive. People get depressed. They get angry. They get overly sensitive. You, you know, that one joke you told, he's jo- joking around with somebody one day, and then the next day they're like, man, they're ready to fight. Man. Tighten your screws. Like, chill out a little bit. Well, here's what happens. When you get distant from God, those things set in. And, 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 I, and I sell that to reemphasize this. If we are not making time for silence and solitude with the Lord, we're going to fall prey. You are going to fall. You are going to fall to Satan. You're going to fall in the trap of temptation. Not me. (laughs) You're going to fall. Why? 
Because being distant from the Lord is what gets us in that shape. And when we get in that shape, we fall into the trap of sin. Easy. Easy. There's signs and there's symptoms of a life without solitude. Of a life that has no silence. A life that doesn't embrace this idea of getting along with the Lord. You say, man, you have been pounding this thing for weeks. Because it is the one thing that I think that we are desperately missing in our lives. So what happens if we do embrace it? What happens if we do implement some time alone with the Lord, some silence with the Lord, some solitude with the Lord? What if we do, what if we do find ourselves? What if we're like, man, you know what? I, I think this would be a good experiment. I'm going to experiment with getting along with the Lord. Now, here's what happens. I, I see people do this all the time, too. It, a cycle. Like, they'll go three months, and, and three months on with the Lord, and then they'll be like, Oh, yeah, it's time to cycle off. I'm all good now. How many of you have seen that, seen that before? You get real good with the Lord, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll catch you in a few months, right? We, we've all seen sinners come in here, get saved. Uh, life was completely wrecked, and because they have no foundation, what happens is three months, six months, they're like, I'm, I feel like everything's going pretty good um, it, without seeing the goodness of God in their life anymore. So, so here, And it happens in Christians, too. Is is we 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 said well I'm gonna I'm gonna implement this thing I'm gonna get along with the Lord I'm gonna read my Bible I'm I'm gonna take some time to let the Spirit of God speak to me and it's like eh, let's let's cycle off of this thing so what what could happen well we would find a quiet place that's one thing that could happen we 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 would find our quiet place. Another thing that would happen is, is we would take our time. We'd take our time. You say, what, 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 what do you mean we take our time? I, I didn't say that you're going to make time. I said you're going to take time. How many of you understand there's a, there's a big difference in making time and taking time? You don't make time. You take time from other things. Well, that sounds like making time. It's actually not. Take it from something you like to do. Take it from take it from uh, take it from whatever. But you gotta take the time. You know what else happens? We slow down. We slow down, and, and we'll come to terms. With slowing down being an okay thing. We'll slow down and then we'll come to terms with slowing down so that we're actually okay with slowing down. You know, most people are not okay with slowing down. Most people are like, man, we're wasting time. Jesus would, Jesus, when you look at the ministry of Christ, he is wasting time that he could have been spending in the crowd while his name was being, being famed across the board. He is wasting time going into the wilderness and praying. That's a waste of time. If you look at it like the world looks at it. Does that make sense? Like he's being unproductive. The production charts would be saying that Jesus was wrong. Right? The, the, even the church gurus of the day I mean, there's dudes out there that, that, that they chart all of this stuff and it ain't got nothing to do with you and your time alone with the Lord. It's got to do with how productive can you be to become a fame for people instead of who you are in Christ. We start, uh, I wrote this down, this is kind of interesting, we start to feel. You'll start to feel again. You'll actually have, have feelings come back. You'll have feelings come back for the Lord. You'll actually uh, have feelings come back for your brothers and sisters that you had no feelings for. You know what? You might actually have a feeling for a lost person. Well, that's a crazy thing. But you might actually have enough time 
to get a burden for a lost dude, for a lost woman. You say, well, all, all, all of that seems all well and good, uh, uh, but, but I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm okay. Well, let me ask you a question. If you was to eliminate some of the distractions, don't you think it'd be interesting to, to at least see what kind of feeling would come back into your life? We, we, we'd start confronting things in our own lives. We'd start seeing the good, but we would start confronting the bad. We would see, we would see the darkness in our own lives. We would see the ugly in our own hearts. We would see the bad of our own hearts. We would see the negligent of our own lives instead of always pointing the finger and seeing everybody else's negligence. Everybody else is bad. Everybody else is ugly. Everybody else is dark. Yeah, we would see the good. We would understand the good part of that. But, but wouldn't it be cool if we could, if we could slow down long enough for, for me and you to reason within our own hearts the, the bad and the dark and the ugly and, and the parts of us that we want God to drastically change? Yeah, I've told Jordan this recently so many times. I'm actually convinced that the reason a lot of people refuse to slow down and a lot of people refuse to sit quietly with themselves and take an introspective view of their own lives is because they'd have to start talking to themselves about who they really are. And even, even, even more than that, in their own ears, they would start sensing the voice of God calling them. I believe that we, we do turn on radios. And we do turn on YouTube. And, and we do turn on TVs. And we do turn on this. And we do turn on that. And we do this. And we do that. I believe we do all of those things at times to keep ourselves from talking to ourselves. From, keep, from, 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 from not examining from an internal perspective our own lives. And then, and then letting the very voice of God deal with us. What if the one answer, what if the one thing that God's trying to talk to us about is never going to come except from a quiet time? What if God's already put a premium on the answer that you need, the, the thing that you want to talk to the Lord about, the heartbreak that you want to deal with the Lord about? You aren't getting answers that you want to get because we won't take the time to get the answers. I think, I think for my own life, For my own life, this whole idea of learning to rest in Christ has led me to a place of freedom. It's led me to a place to where the Lord set me free on a lot of things. But I've had to openly face the truth about my life. I've had to openly face who I am. I've had to openly face what my father handed down to me. I've had to openly face my life, and, and here's what I get to do. I get to choose option A, or I get to choose option B. What is option A? Business as usual. You can choose option A, and it'll be business as usual. It'll be no change. And, 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 you, and you'll get more lost and more lost and more lost in the noise of society. You get more lost in, 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 in and look, I don't, I don't think anything's wrong with having a political stance, but you get more lost in, in, in your political views and understanding the political climate of the day than you actually could get lost in the presence of God. And then there's option B. Option B is getting serious about making a, a time with the Lord, a regular daily thing. 
Now, option A is easy. Because all you got to do is just keep going like you're going. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep living the same life you're living. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep wasting uh, the time that you waste. Keep 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 yourself engaged. And here here it is. S- some uh, some of us need need a heart for the for the soul that is going to die and burn in hell. And the only way that you're going to get that is to get along with the Lord. Because a lot of us don't have that. One thing that's missing in our lives, one thing that we don't have is the heart for the soul that will die and burn in the charred walls of the dam. Don't you think about that with me for a second. Do we have that heart? Let's take it, look, let's take it another step. What if the only way we were going to get the heart that we need for our brothers and sisters to make this place so unified that the devil himself could walk down the aisle and couldn't tear it up. Man, I think it's huge. And I'm afraid that we don't do it like God's called us to do it. I read this verse last week and I think it's worth repeating again. Psalm 132. And verse number 4 and 5, he said, I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord. Andrew Sullivan said, The greatest threat to faith today is not hedonism, but distraction. The greatest threat of our day, it is, for whatever you want to say about it, it is not the month of June. It's not. It's not the Marxist movement. It's not BLM. None of that. that. That is not the greatest threat to our day. The greatest threat to our day is Fox News blaring about the BLM movement and about Marxism and about the month of June. I, I know you guys say amen right there. But it's how we roll. We would here, Here's what we would do. We would love to point out the worldly climate that we live in and the sins of our day before we would take the same time that we were pointing out all that stuff to get along with God. We'd rather call somebody on the phone and talk about all that stuff before we would. You said, what if I'm already talking to the Lord? Well, then have at it, buddy. If you got, if you got that much time, then get after it, I guess. Well, how 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 do you how do, how do you do your quiet time? Well, I like mine over some coffee. I like mine. I like mine with a cup of coffee. It's really good. I think Jesus is in my coffee. If if I can make it to the cup of coffee in the morning, I feel like I feel like things are are. I feel like we're we're really pissing to start trending uphill. It don't matter how you do it. If you do it and you put on some music, praise the Lord. You, 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 put, on, you, you put on something. There's plenty of people out there that's, that's put hymns, to, uh, 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 like psalms to, to music, and, and they're beautiful. And praise the Lord. That's good stuff. But sometimes just... Just spending some time being quiet is a real good thing. Well, how would you do it? Well, I, I'm, 
I'm real I'm I'm real big on on writing things down. So I would probably get a pen, a piece of paper, maybe outline what that might look like. And it don't always work. Sarah Joe is Sarah, Sarah Joe is a, is is the king of of taking that pen, that piece of that pen, and that notebook out, and and man, she's reading the Bible, and and Sarah Joe likes to likes to make a note about every verse that she reads, every single one of them. How how every single verse that she reads spoke to her. And so that seems like it would take a very long time. Well, I would say it probably does, but you know what? I would say that it was way more important that the Lord was speaking to her than how long it took her to get through those verses. Because you know what some of us do? We read the Bible and the Lord never speaks to us. What if you just took a pen and a piece of paper or pencil and a piece of paper? I know that old archaic stuff that that they cut trees down for nowadays and, and, and make into sheets. And in a in a in a in a good old fashioned pen that writes good, right? Jordan would say a Ticonderoga pencil, and I would I would say I'm not using no pencil. Just just a just a just a good old fashioned pen that writes good. Let's don't overcomplicate it. Jesus didn't overcomplicate it. He didn't make it hard. He said, what, what are you going to do? He said, what, what? He, he showed us what, he just went into a desert place and prayed. Like, we don't have to have seven doctrinal truths about getting along with the Lord to pray. Amen? Some stuff we, we make so hard that we can't even do it. Like, discipleship is a really easy thing to do. Now, we complicate it a lot of times, but it's pretty easy. Right? You meet, you get the Bible open. Souls of men, the Word of God, two, you know, eternal things here on this earth. God's like, all right, put the Word of God in the souls of men. And guess what? That's a whole discipleship process. Just keep doing that. And do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And you're going to reach these seven, you're going to go through these seven stages of spiritual growth. And you're not, you might get to the seventh stage, you might die before that, or Jesus might come back. But whatever happens, you're supposed to grow. So, next week, I want to talk to you about the Sabbath. And it's not going to be weird. We're not getting all seven day Adventist on nobody. Nothing like that, because there's, there's, there's that group that has taken, that has taken the Sabbath, and they have idolized it. When in actuality, it was a principalized thing uh, for the Gentile church, in in an Old Testament perspective. Now, God, God's got some things He wants to say to us about it, and and we'll see that next week. But I I want to pray for you, um, and and in this, how I want to pray uh, tonight. I want to pray that we'll all in this room decide to quit messing around with the Lord and at least start taking baby steps. You're you're grown up enough to do more than that, but take a baby step towards the Lord. I can't tell you how many times that the Lord's told me I was being a complete fool when it was really quiet and it was just me and the Lord. And then I can't tell you how many times that the Lord has what I felt like giving me an attaboy while it was really quiet and I got along with the Lord to pray. God will do whatever you need to do in the middle of all that, but you just got to do it. So I want to pray for you tonight that we'll take we'll take this this just take this next week and let's get serious about it. Let's get serious about this thing next week. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh thank you for tonight. And thank you, Lord, for Lord, last week we looked at, at a lot of different places to where you <clears throat> to where you went off into a desert place, where you went off into the wilderness. And God, I I thank you for all those places that you translated for us in our Bible. God, that you give us these 
ideas of what you wanted us to do in the middle of extremely busy times. Lord, it was Judas that knew where you would be at because you often resorted there to pray. Because you often resorted there. And Lord, it should be a resort. We, we should feel like we're on a resort along with the Lord in our time. God, the world has stolen our time from us with you. It has taken our time. Lord, it's taken our time from our families. It's taken our time from our children and our spouses. And, and God, our, our children, if we're not careful, being raised by a pagan system. And God, the thing that our kids need more than anything, the thing that our spouses need more than anything, the thing that our churches need more than anything is people to not have their time with you stolen. And so God, I ask you, Lord, to, to help us see the severity of the situation and make time, make time. Take time for the Lord. God, it's hard. And God, I, 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 know the, I know the hardness I face with, with five kids and all the things that surround what they've got going on and, and what Ms. Jordan's got going on. Lord, I, I, I pray you help me not, not to neglect it. Um, God, there's a whole lot of people that depend on me hearing from the Lord. A whole lot. And God, and unless I hear from you, Lord, we're, we're just dead in the water. And, and God, I, I pray, uh, Lord, that, that these people would pray for me. That I would get along with you every day. Lord, that I would take my time with you serious. And that I'd get serious before you every single day. Lord, bless the rest of our week and the weekend. Uh, Lord, we've got a great Sunday coming up. Lord, we're going to celebrate Chandler's salvation through baptism Sunday. And uh, God, I, I just pray that you bless it. And I pray, God, to use it. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in his life and in his family's life. And uh, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, thank you for being good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, on that note.